Welcome to Amazingly Deep Thoughts. Hello friends, I am your host, Melissa Schwar, a Bible-believing biblical counselor. This podcast is here to help all women keep on faithfully pleasing the Lord, to help the hurting heal, and to answer your specific Bible or counseling questions. So let's get into today's topic. I know I have said this before, but I am such a nerd, (laughs) but I love this topic of the privileged planet, the Goldilocks planet that Earth is, and that's what we're talking about today. This is the second to last video or episode on the facts that support the Bible. And when I started this series, I didn't actually realize that there were going to be this many episodes on the topic, but that just shows you how much evidence there is to support scripture. So don't let anybody intimidate you or don't let the devil get in your mind and make you think that you're just believing a fairy tale that's right up there with Tinkerbell because there's so much to point to the fact that the Bible is the only authoritative source that explains where intelligent life came from. And we'll actually be talking about DNA and intelligent life next episode. But there's just no other holy book says this is where life came from, that this is what you need to believe, this is scientific, this is something that you can test scientifically or historically to see if it's accurate. There is no other holy book like that. There are spinoffs of the Bible that might tend to do that, but again, they base themselves within scripture to start out with. So today we're talking about planetary evidence. I was going to call it astronomical evidence because of astronomy, you know, but astronomical felt because the dual definition, it felt a little bit like, hmm, maybe not. So planetary evidence of that supports scripture. Um, have you ever seen the video of the privileged planet? And it was from a scientist, an astronomer, who was not a believer. I don't even know if he is a believer in the Bible per se, but he went from not believing intelligent design to believing intelligent design solely based on the facts that as he studied astronomy, he realized the impossibilities of Earth or anything like Earth to have happened in a scenario that needed chance or a big bang which goes opposite of the second law of thermodynamics that everything erodes versus that gets better but there are just so many intricate things that needed to happen simultaneously it's the idea of irreducible complexity the earth is so complex that it could not have happened the way that it is where it is by chance and that's why they call it the goldilocks planet because the story of Goldilocks is this, that she went into the forest and she saw this little house and she went in and then she tried this porridge and it was too hot. And then she tried this porridge and it was too cold. And then she tried this porridge and it was just right. She tried this chair, it was too big. She tried this chair and then this chair was just right. And then she went to go take a nap and this chair, this bed was too hard and this bed was too soft, but this bed was just right. And that is how the earth is. There are so many things that are just right. Not too hot, not too cold, not too close to the sun, not too far away from the sun, not too, you understand, 
just right, a Goldilocks planet. So I'm gonna start, there are 10 points in this, and I'm gonna try to go pretty quickly if possible. The first is the fact that we are a water world. The earth is, like I said, neither too hot nor too cold to keep the water from evaporating or freezing. And that is important. That has to do with where we are in relation to the sun. That has to do with so many different things that I'll keep covering. But just understand that life as we know it could not be sustained if we didn't have just the right temperatures, just the right seasons that we have to keep our world a water world, not a freezing world, not a gaseous world. Number two, a precisely tuned amount of water. And this is one of my favorite things whenever, when we read uh, Proverbs of the day, which we try to do with our family and family devotions. And Proverbs 8, 26 through 30. God is scientific and the Bible is scientific. And if you read it, you'll see some things that point towards how God does things. But from Proverbs 28, th 26 through 30 says, while as yet he had not, he's just talking about wisdom. Wisdom is the narrator of this. And he said, while, while as yet he, God, had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. And when he set a compass upon the face of the depth, and when he, when he established the clouds above, and when he, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, that's important to understand as far as the floods, and... Um, and just like the original irrigation that happened in the world. And when he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment. And when he appointed the foundations of the earth. And then he talks about the compass and the compass upon the face of the depth. So understand a compass is magnetically driven. And so that's Proverbs 8 talking about that he's that he tells the waters that they can't pass a certain point and that he's put a compass upon the face of the depth. And then in Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 22, uh, it says, Fear ye not me, saith the Lord, will ye not tremble at my presence, which have placed the sand for the bound of the sea by a perpetual decree, that it cannot pass it. And though the waves thereof toss themselves, yet can they not prevail. Though they roar, yet they can, can they not pass over it. God is the one who made it to where the waters don't overflow us. So not only are we a water world, but we have just enough water and we have potable water, we have sustaining water, we have water that circulates itself and yet it stays within the tide. And why is that? Because of its just right location in the solar system and because of the size of our moon, which are impossibilities in a chance-driven environment. So God set the compass upon the face of the earth. God put that metal core in us. And so these are different points that I'm covering. Just understand these are all elements of our water. Uh, the just right location in our solar system, this causes us to stay just where we are rather than being swept up in the spiral arms. I, I love the verse that says the heavens declare the glory of God. And then in Romans where it says that creation itself declares the glory of God and that we are without excuse because our planet within the Milky Way is placed in this one area to where there's not a lot of cloud dust and we're not being swept up in the arms of the Milky Way, but where we are a planet 
that not many, I don't know if there are any other like us in the fact that we can see out into the universe because we're not shrouded by planetary dust and comets and and things of that nature. God put us to where we can see out and we can explore because God wants to be known. God wants to be sought. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But that's one of the things that that astronomer discovered. He just thought, is the reason why we're here because whatever is out there wants us to find them? So our just right location, that we aren't within the arms and within that gravitational pull that will cause us to get sucked up and flung to a different area, a friendly moon. Our moon is considered impossibly huge. There is no there's no evolutionist can, that can understand why our moon is so large in relation to the Earth. It couldn't have it couldn't have been an explosion within the Earth that caused it to get out, you know, just to kind of pop out there and and created and be sucked within the orbit of the Earth and within the gravitational pull of the Earth because it's too big for it to have happened by chance. Nobody understands how our moon got there, but because of the size of our moon, we can, um, as it rotates, that's what causes the tide. And that's what causes the waters to be bound within the sands of the sea. So the moon size pulls the ocean's tide, stabilizes our planet's rotation, and keeps it, us in a 24 hour rotational, 24 hour rotational cycle that keeps us from being thrown out into space at 500 miles per hour. It gives us a just right amount of day and night to support a life-sustaining temperature. So our moon does multiple things and it had to be just the right impossibly big size. Number five, a thin atmosphere from its just right size. This year we were reading astronomy uh, with our family and homeschooling and how so many planets are gas planets and that you couldn't breathe there. You couldn't see out. They would say, okay, what color do you think that this planet's sky is? And there were so many that were yellow or red or because there were two, the the gases were so thick that it blocked the light from the sun. It absorbed so much light from the sun before it reached the planet. And our thin atmosphere, what caused that? What caused our thin atmosphere if not an, a designer who made it to where we could be at just the right place with just the right atmosphere so that it can sustain life and intelligent life? If it was much smaller, if our Earth was much smaller, it wouldn't be able to hold on to our precious atmosphere. But if our Earth's size was much larger, larger, it might be a gas giant too hot for life. Number six, the metal core. God describes this metal core as a compass upon the face of the depth, but this magnetic field produces the Van Allen radiation shield. Isn't that so cool that our metal core that not only is our compass that creates the quote four corners of the earth. I know flat earthers are all like, see, that's the, you know, that is proof that the Bible says that the earth is flat. No, that is <laughs> allegorical for the compass of the earth, those four corners, north, south, west, and east. But 
it creates a shield which protects the earth from radiation bombardment. If the shield were not present, life would not be possible upon the earth. I actually don't understand how it is that a metal core creates a shield, but it does. So we're moving on to number seven, plate tectonics, which are really neat how earth shifts and, and pools. So plate tectonics, they regulate the water temperature. How do they do that? I don't know, but they do regulate our temperature to where it doesn't, again, it doesn't evaporate and it doesn't freeze. So, so many elements of the way the earth works keeps life sustaining, a life sustaining environment. So they regulate the water temperature and then the water lubricates the plate tectonics. I just love that symbiotic relationship, how, you know, nature, mother nature, she's so intelligent, isn't she? I love that. I love when people like um, Dawkins start talking about you know nature's intelligence, how nature selected natural selection. They're just eventually they're just saying Mother Nature is smart. No, God is smart. It's not nature. Our exact axis tilt that sustains our four seasons. How cool is that? You know that the globe doesn't look like this. The globe looks like this, and as we go. And spin around the sun, um, it creates warmth and cold and keeps a balance. You need it to where it's not just, it's not just always sun. It's not just everybody on the equator. You have cold and you have the oceans that get cold and warm and circulate. And again, the plate tectonics and it just keeps life sustaining temperature. <clears throat> Our unusually circular orbit and I looked this one up because I thought well doesn't why does that even matter that it's an unusually circular orbit around the Sun because actually a lot of um, a lot of planets kind of have an oval orbit around the Sun and so what that does is it creates longer times um, to where it's colder and longer times where it's hotter versus a really consistent um, consistent access around the whole entire thing it's it's really an unusual if you look at the percentages of how how circular it is everybody around the world gets the same amount of sunlight for their region um so i also think it's interesting that in isaiah 40 22 because you know flat earthers they want to they want to say they want to say that the bible says the four corners of the earth mean that um, that the earth is flat even though it's really obvious that it's the compass the points of the compass but in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 22 the Bible says it is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth hey there the circle of the earth he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretches out the heavens as a curtain and spread them out as a tent to dwell in. The circle of the earth. God knew and told about the circle of the earth hundreds of years before Greek philosophers figured that out. Um, they discovered that earth was a sphere between 500 and 350 BC. So just putting that out there. But the un that circle, again, creates a friendly environment to life-sustaining seasons, a life-sustaining amount of sun, a life-sustaining amount of coolness throughout the year, 
with those, um, the compass and the moon that circulates the ocean so that our water is continually refreshed. And the protective greenhouse, number 10, the protective greenhouse effect of our gases that absorb and retain heat and block the UV, UV rays from the sun. If you just study astronomy in general, you look at our planetary system and how hostile, hostile. Like you might, there are people who think maybe we can establish Earth on Mars until you actually read about the environment of Mars. What you would really have to do is create an Earth-like environment in a greenhouse bubble on Mars and then hope it never leaks <laughs> because it's not friendly to life. So I just want to, somebody said today in Sunday school that it is, it is beautiful that not only does the Earth support life, it supports life in a sustaining way. And why is it that God doesn't have it where we have an oval? In case anybody hears this clicking on, <laughs> on the podcast, this is me holding up a globe. I, I wish you could see it in the video. But the reason why we don't have an oval um, orbit is because then there'd be seasons where everybody would freeze and die off. There would be these ice these ice ages are regularly and people would die off. But what God gave us is an environment on earth in which we can live and serve him and seek him and seek his face and, and develop a relationship with him because relationships don't just happen overnight. It takes a while to get to know him, to get to understand him, to learn about his creation, to learn about the facts, to learn who he is and seek his face and develop a friendship with him. And then we have the opportunity to go share that with somebody else so that they can learn. And then we have people who live here long enough to look out from our privileged planet to the stars and share that information with other people. We have not just a planet that can support life but can support a sustaining life generation after generation after generation where we can learn from each other we can teach each other that I can hold a Bible in my hands that was translated in 1611 from from manuscripts from hundreds and a thousand years before it's it there's no way there's no way that this could have happened without an intelligent designer. And this intelligent designer points us to the universe to look and say there's something else out there that exists. <laughs>